everyone and welcome back to Access Partnerships Women Tech Policy Podcast. Today we have with us Sharon McBride, who's a Senior Director of Government Relations for eBay. Hi Sharon, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you so much for having me. Of course, thanks for joining us. Um, so if you wouldn't mind quickly just giving a little bit of a background about you know, your career and how you came to serve as the Senior Director of Government Relations. Well, great. Uh, so, not sure how far back you want to go, but um, I arrived in Washington, D.C. Uh, Labor Day after I graduated from Northwestern University. I did grow up in Texas. Um, and I came to Washington because I wanted to do a sort of a serve my country stint. My brother and father were in the military, and I really wanted to give back. And for me, that translated into working on um, a presidential campaign and uh, several campaigns for for many years and then I got my master's at Carnegie Mellon and their public policy school and then I went to the hill like many folks do worked on in the senate for Kay Bailey Hutchison and on the house for congresswoman Ann Northup of Kentucky and uh, shortly thereafter went to Hogan Levels, which is a large law firm here in DC, uh, where eBay became a client and worked for them as a consultant for about three years. And then they offered uh, me this wonderful opportunity uh, to join a just starting government relations department in 2003. So now um, I've been here many, many years. And I'm so honored and really privileged to work every day on behalf of our eBay small business community. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for walking through us, um, that through us. I think it's quite interesting that you've been with eBay for so long and you've really seen them go through, you know, this major transformation of overall the digital economy going from, you know, being one of the first to now this really robust system that includes many players. Um, so I'm curious to hear a little bit about how what a normal day looks like for you, and especially you know thinking about how you've been there for so long. Has it changed? You know, what's it like working at eBay? You know, now versus what it was like in the you know, early 2000s. Yeah, well, it is interesting how issues, uh, particularly you know, come in and out of uh, priority and favor in Congress. I was just talking to someone um, recently. Um, that an issue that we fought um, in 2003 on online uh, retail crime, uh, which eBay fights internally, of course, we do not want any counterfeit items or certainly stolen items on the site. Um, that was a really hot issue when I joined in 2003 through 2005 and now has come back as, as, as an issue um, that people are concerned about. Of course, internet sales tax was um, our big issue for many, many years. And we, you know, fought that bravely on behalf of our sellers because that had, you know, that is now a burden, you know, for them to comply um, in the, you know, the 4,900 taxing jurisdictions, but the Supreme Court decided that. So, so um, uh, not, not much left to be said on that. But I mean, I will say the reason I, you know, have continued to to be here is that eBay is truly a purpose-driven company. And, you know, it sounds a little cliche and a lot of companies say they are, but we, we truly are. We, we, our success is wholly dependent on our small businesses that sell on our platform. And that's globally, right? So if they don't succeed, we don't succeed. And that sort of symbiotic relationship also, um, 
you know, goes into government relations fights as well. And when I first um, came here, I knew immediately that that was going to be our differentiator in the public policy space. You know, still not many companies use their customers or engage with their customers in advocacy efforts. Um, and today we have over a million what we call Main Street members, um, individuals that have uh, agreed to um, help us fight these fights in different um, jurisdictions around the world. And we have almost a thousand um, what we call small business ambassadors. Um, those are folks here and abroad, but we like to have at least one or two in every congressional district who have... Um, you know, volunteered uh, their time away from their very busy, you know, small business life um, because these issues are important to them. And I will add one thing that's also very, you know, motivating and inspiring about eBay's corporate culture is we spend very little time lobbying on what I call corporate issues, um, corporate tax reform, that kind of thing. Um, of course, we're members of trade associations that, that, that are already working you know, on those issues, but we really spend 90% of our staff time on issues that are going to directly affect small businesses. And so we operate a little bit more like a trade association or even a nonprofit um, in our corporate, corporate culture, and that's um, you know, very motivating, very inspiring to get up every day and think, you know, I'm really working on behalf of real hardworking people. I uh, found your role and what you do with, like you said, more direct interaction with the your your customer and your business's policy issues to be quite fascinating. Um, you know, would you elaborate a little bit on your role in that grassroots advocacy and some of the most interesting, you know, challenges or issues you've worked on in that area? You know, the post office is certainly very important to the eBay seller. And again, you know, my role is also very interesting because it is a global role and it's interesting that the same issues they may call them different things but the same issues crop up in you know um australia and um, germany and the eu and all of these places so it's really interesting um you know postal issues people are very um devoted to their local post office we hear stories of ebay sellers um you know, keeping their post office open in a rural area because they're they're driving so much business through that through that post post office. So that's been, you know, some people think, oh, that's boring, but you know, postal reform is so important in these these issues. Whether it's you know maintaining six day delivery, um, or you know package uh, costs, something that we've always have and always will um, really fight for. For our sellers to make sure they're getting the, the service that, that they need from 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 their uh, post office, um, and you know if, if we're going to talk a little bit about what my team does or what what our our day looks like, um, you know some of it is or a great deal of it is of course driven by uh, the what's happening in Congress, what's happening in the European Parliament and how we think that they may be placing burdens on our sellers. And then who are the, who are the leaders of those movements or co-sponsors of that legislation and identifying sellers in those communities 
who are passionate about that topic. Um, and again, we're constantly recruiting folks into our into our network. Um, and, you know, literally on the telephone, which people are always surprised from a tech company, like we, we actually pick up the telephone and call our customers and, and talk through these issues with them. Um, and that, and that helps us, you know, match, you know, maybe that member to that um, seller's business or story um, that we think might resonate in the halls of Congress um, on that issue. Um, or, you know, maybe pending an op-ed or, um, you know, whether it's, or it could be like a large grassroots campaign. We certainly do those as well. But I think um, it's a very, and, and I talk to many, my tech company colleagues, as well as, you know, folks in other industries um, who are, you know, sort of fascinated about how we've done that. And, and we've won some awards about it. And I always say it's really not that hard, but it is labor intensive. You have to be willing to have the patience and um, and to, you know, literally be on the telephone with customers all day long, which I thoroughly enjoy. I love that. Um, but, um, you know, it's not like sort of sending out a bunch of emails and hoping somebody um, responds. That's quite interesting. And picking up on what you mentioned about how, you know, eBay almost acts as intermediary of policy issues between its sellers and politicians and helping to advocate for your sellers. What do you think that politi politicians or policymakers can learn from small businesses and vice versa about, you know, internet and platform regulation, especially as we move towards this, you know, fuller digital economy? You know, I really think it's important um, for uh, policymakers and this is really why I, you know, create networks, um, both our grass tops and our grassroots networks, to hear from, I say, real people, right? Paul, I'm compensated by eBay, right? So, of course, I'm going to advocate for things that are beneficial, you know, to to eBay, the company. I'm a, you know, paid um, lobbyist, as are my colleagues. But hearing from how a regulation would actually affect a small business uh, or micro business um, is a much more powerful uh, voice than mine would be. Um, these people are living it every day. These people are going to have to comply with the burdens of the regulation. They can actually quantify, you know, how many people they would. Uh, you know, have to lay off or, or what, you know, the impact they're having in their community. The other, the other aspect that so many eBay sellers are very involved in, in charitable works in their community or give a portion of their eBay proceeds to charities. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people know about or understand. Um, I think one of our most um, powerful talking points um, about the app, eBay seller is 97% of eBay sellers export compared to the the number for a you know, regular small business in, in the U.S. And the, and the numbers are similar abroad. Um, but in, in the U.S., a regular small business, uh, only 1% exporting. So to bring that voice of, of uh, particularly in trade discussions, the small business voice gets lost and those people are thinking about big tanker ships and, and that sort of thing. They're not really talk, thinking about how these regulations would impact a, a smaller person 
don't. There are people that is the most that's the stat that I think most people, you know, really like almost gasp when they hear and that the WTO and the IMF and people have all been very interested. You know, our eBay seller community is much more um, you know, entwined global trade conversation than most public policy makers really understand. And frankly, they can articulate that much better than we can because they're, you know, they're living that every day and having experience um, selling abroad and understands um, how that can be complicated and how that is, and also the benefits um, of that to their business. There's, there's really no one better than um, an eBay small business tell their story to their own member of Congress or their member of Parliament. Um, the eBay selling community really are the best people to articulate uh, their powerful story of global trade and how public policy can really impact their businesses. So thinking about your sellers and these small businesses, what do you think is the most pressing issue that they and then tangentially eBay will face in the next couple of years? So I do think um, something that we're seeing pop up both at the federal level and the state level here in the U.S. as well as abroad, and again, it's called by differences, but um, most folks call it here the INFORM Act, which is a seller identification um, policies that would require our sellers to divulge um, their, in, in many cases, their personal rights. Um, which many of our sellers are still home-based businesses. And there are certainly some um, privacy as well as um, safety and security um, challenges uh, with that. And we under certainly understand where the, the bill sponsors and are, are coming from. Um, but we also want to make sure that our um, businesses are protected and we're you know, certainly very transparent, and there there are already some rules in um, the EU that address this. Um, but I think that's the one people are um, most concerned about. Um, there was also a European VAT um, policy that went into effect. I one that we're working with our sellers to make sure our U.S. Mm -hmm. sellers to make sure they're educated about and can and can comply because that's the other piece. Once if a law is passed, um, we do help our sellers, um, of course, comply with that. You know, we certainly want to follow the rules that are on the books, and we want to help our, our sellers do that. We don't sort of just walk away and say good luck. Um, so um, that's the other role that I think GR and our and our um, legal department um, really go above and beyond and, and have training sessions, webinars about, you know, if, the, if, if and when these rules pass, that this will be the, you know, the effect on you. And these are the things you need to talk to your accountant about or your, um, your lawyer about. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I would say the seller identification rules are of, um, of concern to us um, and certainly our seller community. Absolutely. So, um, Breaking out of our conversation a little bit and talking a bit more about your career, what are some of the best pieces of advice that you've received throughout your career, especially as, you know, a woman who's been in this field, you know, tech policy from, you know, the early 2000s to now? Do you have any guidance for, you know, especially women who are just starting to break into the field, you know, and they're eager to work in tech policy and grassroots advocacy? I would say the biggest piece of advice I probably got on my 
third day working at the George H.W. Bush campaign office uh, by my manager at the time. And I do think it's something um, lost over the years is that um, always respond to someone within 24 hours, mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, if you don't have an answer or you're not interested <laughs> or whatever, everyone deserves the dignity of a response. And I also tell, um, you know, my colleagues is, and I certainly, you know, would for the, your younger viewers, um, I'd be interested in hearing from them as I always talk to any young person who's looking to move to Washington or get into public policy. I'm always happy to, to speak because someone did that for me. Right? When yeah. I first came to town, um, several people, um, kind of a funny story. My first boss, who is now my, probably my best friend in Washington, um, she's very senior at a healthcare uh, trade company. She, her father worked for a company in Dallas, and you know, my dad knew someone, him or something. And so he was nice enough to meet with. My friend says, you know, her dad called her and said, oh, you really need to meet this you know, girl. And then today we're, you know, she hired me the next week and we're, you know, best friends to, to this day. So you, you know, always think of those opportunities both as a, you know, a potential mentor that, you know, you can really change someone's life by just taking the time to meet them. It's hard to, hard to look for a job. Just always remember those times when you were, you know, struggling a little bit professionally or needed a little guidance or a little hope um, that, you know, folks who are, you know, have secure jobs in companies sometimes I think tend to forget, um, you know, that it, it's, it's a tough business to break into. And so even if you don't have maybe a role um, immediately, it's always really nice to just to meet with someone for half hour and, and, and help them out. So, you know, return your, return your emails, return your phone calls. And for those who are, you know, later in your career, um, you know, give, give folks a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I think that idea of mentorship and, you know, reaching out to your network and, you know, trying to make those connections is a common theme that we hear frequently about the power of people and making those personal connections. Like you said, you know, it's, it's a small field and, DC is a very small city as well. So figuring out how to break in, you know, really use those personal connections. You know, I found that to be incredibly helpful. It's yeah. And the other thing I will, I will say, and I know I'm a little bit biased and I, you know, have been a lobbyist, but I've spent most of my career in, you know, grassroots organizing, whether that's for, you know, political campaigns where I, you know, recruited 254 County chairman for George W. Bush and he's in his gubernatorial. Um, or you know my current role um, is these 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 community you know community organizing grassroots organizing whatever you want to want to call it jobs are incredibly rewarding and mm -hmm. and um, don't forget that side of our business because I find it very interesting and you and you sort of get the best of both worlds and that you're you're working, you know, you're working on policy and you're, you're shaping, 
because uh, we collect the feedback from the sellers and then sort of feed it to our policy leads. Mm -hmm. Right, there are issues. I mean, we we survey and talk to our sellers all the time. Sometimes there's issues that the company really wasn't thinking about that sellers feed up to us, and we say, "Oh yeah, that that you're right. That is something we should be looking at." So. Um, to have that, those types of roles where you're really on the front lines of your community or, or whatever your organization is, um, you know, you can be much more aware of kind of what's happening on the ground um, as opposed to getting sort of a DC job that's all DC all the time and mm -hmm. tends to be a little insular and we all echo chamber or feed, you know, feed ourselves as opposed to like what is going on in, you know, mid-America um, and what's happening to, to, and how are these proposals or policy proposals really going to affect real people? That's where I found, you know, a great deal of fulfillment in this, in this, um, in this field is um, understanding how it really is going to affect real, real people. And I think the best way to do that is work, working in more of a grassroots role. Yeah, absolutely. So as we come to the top of our time here, I just want to ask you a couple of speed questions. Oh, so sure. first off, what is your current favorite book or podcast, long form article, if you're like me and really enjoy the New Yorker? That's a really good question. So, and I'll give an sort of an odd answer. So I actually do not read um, policy. I do a lot of pleasure reading. Yeah. And I read historical novels. So, for example, I'm reading a, a mystery um, set 1950s Tangier um, because I love learning about, it's a great way to learn about a time and a place with an, a wonderful story. Mm -hmm. um, right now, my husband, who also is in, in public policy, he works more on the communications and media side, he still loves, you know, political books and biographies. <laughs> of presidents and that kind of thing he's just sort of 24 7 loves the stuff but i do i do um like uh, the historical novel yeah i'm absolutely with you there i think there's immense value in pleasure reading i um the last couple of years have gone out of the habit of reading just you know with work being so crazy and mm -hmm. a piece of advice someone gave me was you know when you're trying to get back into reading especially as an adult honestly mm -hmm. sometimes the best way to do it is go back to the themes that you really enjoyed as a child mm -hmm. so find the types of books you enjoyed reading and you know find similar similar you know adult size or even child sized <laughs> novels still right. so i absolutely think there's a value for that and i do it every night as i'm falling asleep and yeah um, Otherwise, my to-do to list is running through my head. So I got to calm my, <laughs> calm my, this is for many women, I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, just to close us off here, do you have any piece of three-word job advice that you would have given yourself when you were first starting off in, you know, tech policy and advocacy? Um, I think, you know, more than three, I, I will say speak up, but I'll expound on that a little bit. I. And I do think, you know, our culture has certainly evolved um, since I moved to Washington in 1987. But it took me a while to, you know, and I'm a, I, I think of myself as a very, you know, confident, um, smart, bright, well-educated person who, you know, I like to work in fields where I'm, I'm passionate about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think uh, I did have a ten, you know, I was raised in the South. Mm-hmm. I do think it took me a while um, to sort of find my voice um, professionally, politically, personally um, about the things that were important to me. Um, and I think, you know, you certainly can do it in a, in a way that's not, um, you know, that's, you know, not necessarily strident, but that where you can be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think I came to that too late and I wish I had done, you know, I do think it's, you know, appropriate for when you're you know new to your career to, um, you know, have a certain amount of deference to those who, you know, have been in the field longer than you and, 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 but I do every uh, workplace, every organization, you know, w- you know, wants to hear your opinion, values mm-hmm. your opinion, um, and that you have something to contribute. So I would say that the other thing I would say is um, do do more than what is asked of you. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe a little cliche, but you know stay late, work hard, um, volunteer for extra projects. Um, and, you know, you, cause I, I do think there's a lot of people that are not doing that particularly, um, lately you can be maybe not, you're not the smartest person in the, in the place or in the room, but if you're seen as someone who's a doer and gets stuff done, um, there'll always be a role for you and a place for you um, really in any organization. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me.